Organization, His Excellency, Dr. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus. Excellencies, dear colleagues and friends, thank you for the opportunity of joining you today, albeit virtually. COVID-19 has demonstrated that a pandemic is so much more than a health crisis, with lives and livelihoods destroyed and societies and economies appended. More than six million people have died. Health systems have been disrupted. And for the first time this century, we have seen a rise in the number of people living in absolute poverty. While epidemics and pandemics are a fact of nature, they are exacerbated by urbanization, encroachment on habitats, the climate crisis, and insecurity. It's certain that COVID-19 won't be the last pandemic, but how likely is it to occur and how much damage it causes when it does? Those are areas over which we have influence. We must learn the lessons of this pandemic. Let me offer three. First, it's essential to strengthen local production of vaccines, particularly in low and middle income countries to increase their independence and foster autonomy. In many countries, vaccines have helped to turn the tide on the pandemic, saving lives and protecting health systems. But as we speak, more than 80% of the population of Africa is yet to receive a single dose of vaccine, and the gap in access to tests is even worse. It has become obvious that equity cannot be left to market forces or the goodwill of donors or shifting geopolitical currents. Expanding local production of vaccines and other health products is a high priority for WHO. Recently, we have established the WHO mRNA Technology Transfer Hub in South Africa, which has now developed its own vaccine candidate. So far, 13 low- and middle-income countries are set to receive technology from the hub to produce their own mRNA vaccines. The second lesson is that a resilient health system is not the same thing as an advanced medical care system. Health systems have been badly disrupted, including services for reproductive, maternal, and newborn health services, as well as routine immunizations and care for non-communicable diseases. For too long, too many countries have invested heavily in sophisticated medical care, but too little in public health. As a result, their health systems were overwhelmed. The backbone of public health is robust primary health care for detecting outbreaks at the earliest possible stage, as well as for preventing disease and promoting health at the community level. The third lesson is that the world needs an enhanced global architecture for pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response. In the face of a global crisis, no single country, organization, or agency can go it alone. The pandemic has once again illustrated the value of multilateralism. Instead of confusion and incoherence, 
we need cooperation in the face of common threats, along with sufficient resources for strengthening global health, security. And we need an empowered and sustainably financed WHO at its core, playing the coordinating and normative role on which so many countries and partners depend. WHO's member states are now negotiating an international accord towards a more harmonized global response to future pandemics and epidemics, including the equitable sharing of countermeasures. We're also working with our member states to put in place new systems and tools to prevent, detect, and respond rapidly to epidemics and pandemics. New initiatives include the WHO Hub for Epidemic and Pandemic Intelligence in Berlin, the WHO BioHub system for sharing pathogens in Switzerland, and the Global Economics Genomics Surveillance Strategy. Above all, the pandemic has taught us that health is not simply an outcome of development, but the foundation of social, economic, and political stability. It's not a cost, but an investment. It's not a luxury for the few, but a fundamental human right for all. The World Government Summit is an opportunity to work together for shared solutions to shared threats and a healthier, safer, and fairer future for all. I thank you. Shukran Jazilan. Ladies and gentlemen, our next session is a main address by His Excellency Matthias Korman, Secretary General of the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. Thank you for inviting me to speak at the World Government Summit. The OECD has supported this important forum since its inception. It is an honor to address you today. We're meeting at a very challenging time. As the world was starting to consolidate its recovery and after two difficult years marked by the COVID-19 pandemic was starting to get back to a new normal, we have been shocked and devastated by the pain and suffering caused by Russia's war against the people of Ukraine. It is a clear violation of international law and a serious threat to the rules-based international order. OECD member governments have condemned Russia's large-scale aggression against Ukraine in the strongest possible terms. The war in Ukraine is also self-evidently having a very negative impact on the global economic outlook. Growing energy insecurity, high energy prices give us even more incentives to succeed in the green energy transition. Climate change is accelerating and impacts are being felt now, already pushing natural and human systems beyond their ability to adapt. Nearly half of the world's population are highly vulnerable to climate change. By 2100, 50 to 75% of the global population could be exposed to periods of life-threatening climate conditions. The countries of the Middle East and North Africa are already being impacted with worsening water stress and reduced agricultural productivity. The COVID-19 pandemic has increased the share of people acutely affected by food insecurity from 6% of the region's population in 2019 
to 20% in 2021, and climate change is expected to worsen this trend further. Recent climate commitments by many countries from around the world are very encouraging. Some 65 countries covering 83% of global carbon emissions have set net zero targets for the coming decades. These commitments now have to be translated into real actions and real outcomes though. Urgent global action, urgent global outcomes are needed to reach net zero emissions by 2050 and we need to accelerate the necessary socio-economic and technological transformations. Reaching these objectives will require implementing the right policies and building effective governance mechanisms. This is at the center of OECD action and I take this opportunity to invite all of you, policymakers, private sector leaders, experts and civil society actors to join in this effort. Our work on building climate and economic resilience in the transition to a net zero low carbon economy provides a common framework for understanding and enhancing country-specific net zero transition strategies. The OECD is also working to measure, report and compare the climate action efforts pursued by countries through our International Programme on Action on Climate, IPAC. IPAC helps participating countries strengthen and better coordinate their climate action, complementing and supporting the UNFCCC and Paris Agreement monitoring frameworks. The historic joint OECD G20 process that paved the way for a landmark international tax agreement in 2021 underpins a new OECD proposal to develop an inclusive framework on carbon pricing to help facilitate a more ambitious, multilaterally agreed, globally more coherent and better coordinated approach to climate action. The net zero transition is challenging for all countries and even more so for countries such as Gulf Cooperation Council countries that are dependent on fossil fuels for energy income and employment. Economies that are fossil fuel exporters are likely to face some 51% reduction in oil and gas export related government revenues to 2040 with annual per capita income from oil and gas falling by around 75% by the 2030s. These countries need to manage such risks and prepare for the transition while seizing the opportunities that renewable energy and clean technologies can offer. The strategic vision of the United Arab Emirates in this transformation is absolutely inspirational. And the OECD stands ready to deepen our engagement with you to help achieve this vision. Collective efforts at global level are more necessary than ever which is why initiatives such as the World Government Summit are so critical. Shaping a better future for humanity is our motivation and being part of the collective global action for climate is the condition to succeed. Thank you.